Hi, I'm Gertrude Keesley, and this is Kingdom Consciousness. Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come, Matthews 24, 14. Before Jesus returns to set up his kingdom in its final form, the gospel of the kingdom must be extended throughout the nations of the world. In order to preach the gospel of the kingdom, we as kingdom citizens must understand the kingdom of God. Before we can become custodian to the keys of the kingdom, we must first experience kingdom living. In the past, much emphasis has been placed on the life and ministry of the king of the kingdom jesus christ and rightly so but not enough emphasis has been given to the gospel of the kingdom jesus told the religious leaders of his time ye shut up the kingdom of heaven against men for ye neither go in yourselves neither suffer them that are entering to go in matthew 23 13. It was this gospel of the kingdom that was the central purpose of Christ's life. He began his earthly ministry by declaring the arrival of the kingdom. That's, you can find that in Matthew 4.17. He ended his earthly ministry by speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom, Acts 1 and 3. In between the beginning and ending of his earthly ministry, the emphasis was on the kingdom. Luke 4.43 says, And he said unto them, I must preach the kingdom of God to other cities also, for therefore I am sent. The kingdom of God was the greatest concern of Jesus. His teachings and parables focused on the kingdom. His miracles were a demonstration of the kingdom of God in action. The phrases kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are used over a hundred times in the books of Matthews, Mark, Luke, and John. We will explore the distinctions between these two. We are told to seek first the kingdom, to pray for it and to preach it. We are told how to enter the kingdom and taught that residency in it requires a new lifestyle. God is equipping his citizens to become kingdom minded so that we can understand the business of the kingdom. We are sons and daughters of the king. Everything about us is royalty, but we must first adopt the mind of Christ in order to understand what that actually means. We cannot have a poverty mindset and expect to grasp the reality of how much God desires for us to prosper. But there is a greater purpose than just understanding kingdom principles. Citizens must go beyond mere knowledge of the kingdom 
to actually experience it and make it the central purpose of our living. So I invite you to come and go with me as we explore this most exciting, interesting, and eye-opening subject. Good afternoon. The kingdom concept of keys. All nations and kingdoms contain principles and laws that must be adhered to by each citizen in order for that citizen to benefit from his citizenship, privileges, and rights. Jesus called them keys of the kingdom. Have you ever found some old keys lying around your house and you couldn't rem remember what they were for? What good are keys if you can't use them? They are as useless as locks that you can't open. That's exactly the problem that many believers have today. We have a bunch of keys or scriptures that most of us don't know how to use. We have the keys, but we don't know which key unlock which lock. Mm. Knowledge of the word of God is important, but by itself for effective living as a believer, it's insufficient. This is because most believers don't have the proper kingdom mindset. Life in the kingdom is really about returning to the governing authority of God in the earth and learning how to live and function in that authority. Part of understanding the kingdom is learning how to use the keys of the kingdom. Jesus said, don't be afraid, little flock for your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. That's in Luke 12, 32. Now, our father has given us the kingdom. That's what he said. It's ours. In fact, Jesus himself brought the kingdom to us. It was his main purpose in coming to earth in human flesh. We received the kingdom through his death. The moment we turn from our rebellion against God, and place our trust in Christ to salvage us from the consequences of that rebellion, we become naturalized citizens of the kingdom of heaven with all the rights, benefits, and privileges that come with it. But we've got to know how to appropriate our rights. How do we enter into the full enjoyment of our benefits and privileges? One day, Jesus asked his disciple, who do people say that I am? And they gave different answers. But then Jesus said, but who do you say I am? And Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus said, blessed are you son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by man, but by my father in heaven. And I tell you, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In the Jewish faith of that day, the titles Christ and the Son of God 
were reserved exclusively for the Messiah, for the deliverer of Israel and hope of the world who had been prophesied for centuries. So Simon Peter was confessing his belief that Jesus was the Messiah. Jesus tells Peter that he did not arrive at this knowledge through his own understanding, but it was given to him through supernatural revelation. Then Jesus says upon this rock of Peter's confession of his faith, he will build his church. The Greek word for church is ecclesia. Because it's translated here as church, most people believe that ecclesia is a religious word, but it's not. It's a governmental term. It literally means called out ones and was used by the Greek to refer to the Senate or some other political group that was chosen by the Democrat or the government. The Greeks invented the concept of democracy, but they never really applied it. So when the Romans overran the Greek empire, they adopted much of Greek thought and philosophy, including democracy, and they developed them. That's how Caesar developed such a powerful, powerful government. In the Roman empire, the Senate or the Ecclesia was like the cabinet that we have in modern democracy. The Senate was a powerhouse. The people there were handpicked by the emperor to receive his thoughts, his desires, his passions. And their job was to take the mind of the king and turn it into legislation that could be implemented, implemented in the kingdom. They were to know his mind and see that everything he wanted was carried out. This meant that they had to stay close to him, in close contact with him. They had to talk to him and he had to give them instructions. He had to give them information about what he wanted in the kingdom. So the fact that Jesus used Ecclesia to describe the body of followers says something to us. It says that he was establishing um, the word. He was saying that the word church itself is a political term and that this entire discussion about keys and a binding and loosening is not a religious term but a, a political discussion so in fact if in fact what he was saying was the same way that caesar is lord of his government and created his ecclesia or his senate or his cabinet i'm going to build my church on the fact that I am the Christ, the anointed one, the Lord of Lords and the son of the living God. He said to Peter, upon the rock of your confession of who I am, I will build my government, my Senate, my cabinet or my administration, those who will carry out my wishes and my will. The Ecclesia is a secret group with secret information critical for the operation of the kingdom. He's saying that this group is going to be so powerful that even the gates of hell is not going to overcome it or that the gates of hell will not be strong enough to overthrow it. Mm. It won't be as strong as the ecclesia that Jesus built.
That is the secret. So, so, so what is the secret information that Jesus gives his cabinet? He says, I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. He said, he gave them keys. He gives us keys. The keys of the kingdom, not the keys to the kingdom. As kingdom citizens, you're already in the kingdom. So I don't need the keys to the kingdom. But what we need and what Jesus has given us are the keys of the kingdom. Those two little words, of and to, mean something different. The keys are going to unlock the power of the kingdom and make it work in our lives. Kingdom citizens and only kingdom citizens have these keys. That's the secret. Citizenship in the kingdom is a prerequisite for getting the keys. Mm. What this means is that we who are kingdom citizens are supposed to be operating on a level that blows other people's minds. We should be living life at a different level, a certain level, where we are tapping into resources that others cannot explain. The key to keys is not having keys. It's the key to key is knowledge knowing what the keys are for and how to use them. Another occasion, Jesus said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been given to you. He's talking to his people. He's talking to his cabinet. The kingdom of heaven is not a secret society, but its keys have to be learned. You know, a secret is anything you don't know, especially if somebody else knows it. So what we call keys are simply, what we call miracles are simply keys being used properly. What we call miracles are simply keys being used properly. My God, my God. So these men had seen Jesus walk on water. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. He saw, they saw them multiply bread and other miracle things that were beyond the keen understanding and experience of humans. Jesus, but they were not to Jesus. None of these were miracles. He said, these are no miracles. I'm just using keys. I know how to put them in the lock. And they are unlocking prosperity, healing, peace, authority. Watch me and you will see the kingdom at work. Listen to me. He says, my father has given you the knowledge of the secrets of keys. And you're going to also know how it should work for you. I'm going to teach you how to use keys. He left no doubt that the kingdom was supposed to work for his ecclesia, just as it worked for him. For on the night before he, he, he died, he said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. And he's going to do even greater things 
because I'm going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Son of Man may be may, may bring glory to the Father. He said, you may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. John 14, 12 to 14. So his ecclesia, which includes us, was going to do the same thing he was doing and more because the Holy Spirit would come after he was gone and we're going to teach them the keys of the kingdom and how to use them. One significant key that's embedded in the scripture that I just read you is the key to opening the warehouse of heaven. The key that opens that lock is prayer, asking in Jesus' name. And whatever and anything we ask, he said, would be done. Jesus said that himself. The 12 disciples were remembering that Jesus had already done this. They had seen this key activated in many fashions. The day that he fed the 5,000 with, um, with um, five loaves and, and just two fish, for example, they witnessed this. So Jesus told the, the disciples when he said to them to feed the people, he said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. You feed them. And they said, well, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus said, bring them to me. And then he said, as he directed the people, he said, sit, sit them down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. And then guess what he did? He gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people. And we know what happened. They were all, they were, they were, they all fed. They were all fed. They had 12 baskets full of scraps left over. And it said that this number included was about 5,000 men besides women and children. So what Jesus was doing was using this situation to test his disciples, to see if they picked up on the secrets. He said, you feed them. That was the test. What we should have, they should have asked was, well, which key do we use? But what they said was, all we have is. They were limited by what they could see. But in the kingdom of heaven, we walk not by sight, but by faith. So the lesson that Jesus wanted them and us to learn is that when you know the keys to the kingdom secrets, you will never have to say, all I have is my Lord, my Lord. He put in the key of prayer and unlocked the storehouse. And then he broke the bread, but he gave it to his disciples, and they distributed it to the people. It should work for us the same way, through prayer in Jesus' name, the key. We unlock heaven's storehouse. The king himself, praise the Lord, the king himself draws forth from its abundance and gives it to us, and then we give it to others. But we have to know the key that opens the warehouse or the storehouse. And that knowledge is Christ's promise to us. He said, the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of God has been, past tense, given to you. God bless you. Have a great day.